0: You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Boy, do I love that you're tuned in and you're listening. And if you're here for Gaten Monterazzo, I thank you. But if you like the interview, I ask you to stick around. I ask you to maybe subscribe to the podcast. Uh, stick with us. I think you'll learn something. I hope you like it. Write a review. It really will mean a lot to me. Uh, even if you don't know me for shit and you know Gaten. Right, Ryan? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what that's what it's about. It's about support. And if you like something, maybe listen to it. That's all I'm saying. I that's a big deal. No. Did you have a good week? I had a good week. Right now, I right think now. we're a little bit on, uh, not on edge, but we're still excited because uh, yeah. we just did an interview with Judd Apatow, and it was just fantastic, which will air down the road. And it was just, uh, we were both kind of like just so excited. He was such an influence on, on on both of our lives and the movies that he created, and it was just special, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still processing it. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I know you not, are. Because it's one of those people who's just sort of out there like making stuff and then... You never think, you know. I'm never going to sit in the same room as that dude. No, and here we no. are. Well, maybe you will. Well, you just did. <laughs> well, we just did. You just did. Uh, I'd love for you to follow us on our handles, on our social media handles at Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Write a review. Message us. Um, we also have the Inside of You online store. You can get smallville signed lunch boxes from me or me and Welling. Um, you can get to autographed pictures of Lex or uh, Inside of You mugs, Inside of You tumblers, so many cool things. Uh also the band, my band Sunspin, is playing March 5th. It's that's the Saturday. Is that what March fifth is? On your phone. March 5th, uh, we are playing two mm-hmm. shows, right? Mm-hmm. Two shows Saturday, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We play covers, we play originals. It's a lot of fun. There's prizes, there's zooms. Please show up. Just go to sunspin.com, look for the link that takes you to stage it, or go to stageit.com and type in sunspin. Um, you could also get a zoom with us on sunspin.com and, uh, I really, it means a lot. And uh, also lastly, if you want to join Patreon, patrons save the show, they really give back to the show. So if you enjoy it, you want to give something back, go to patreon.com slash inside of you. That's patreon.com slash inside of you. And, uh, there's different, uh, what do you call them? Tears, tears. Um, and, uh, Anyway, that's really all I have to say. I'm I'm very excited. I think the show, we've been getting some great guests, Ryan, mm-hmm. and uh, some f- fun interviews. And I hope that you guys are liking it, doing my damnedest. I hope, uh, I thank you for listening to the show and spending your hour with us. Yeah. You know? And Gaten was great, too. This is a good well, one. He was great. Talk yeah. about an open person. He mm-hmm. just really, I thought he'd be a little guarded. I thought he'd be, in, he was mature beyond oh. his years. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. way more mature than I am. I mean, this guy, he's not only talented, but hes Uh uh, it was a very fun interview. And I thank Gaten Matarazzo from Stranger Things. And why don't we just do it? Let's get inside of Gaten Matarazzo. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. What is this background, man? I love it.
1: This is the tapestry in my room. It's a Grateful Dead tapestry.
0: Hold on a second. Are are you a Grateful Dead fan?
1: I'm a poser. I'm not. (laughs) That's the thing. I want to be, very much so. i got to get into them a little bit more. But I just saw this at this shop in Ocean City, and it was trippy and cool. And so I, uh, yeah, so I got it and I didn't even realize until I got it home that I had the bears.
0: It is trippy and cool. The bears are around the circle. I see them, right?
1: Yeah. Is it too much? I can so- No, them.
0: no. I feel like I might be on a trip myself.
1: Okay, where is That do, sounds fun. Do
0: you know any uh, Grateful Dead songs?
1: Not much, dude. It's like the one band. And I know I'm a huge rock and roll fan, especially oldies, and especially going back. Long time, but Grateful Dead is one of those where I just have not read up on.
0: Who are the old bands that you like, that you think back? I love
1: Led Zeppelin. I uh, I, I mean, I'm not too big on the Stones. I'm getting into the Stones a little bit, but huge Zeppelin fan, huge Beatles fan. Um, Jimi Hendrix I'm obsessed with. I, uh, um, I'm also like, uh, my brother gets me into a lot of great, great stuff.
0: Have you listened to any Moody Blues? Not much, no. Nights in white satin, never reaching <laughs> okay, yeah. the end. I got, yeah, I, I know that. I, I think you'd like the Moody Blues. There's some good stuff, but I like that you're listening to some Zeppelin. You got some influence, but you probably, you probably listen to a lot of uh, musicals too, huh?
1: You know what? I've I wouldn't say I've grown out of a phase. I've just grown to understand that I'm not gonna get by culturally (laughs) solely listening to show tunes so i had to branch out a tad
0: what's the what's
1: the go to learn
0: what's the go-to show tune that's always in your mind that you always just belt one that never
1: stops so it would have been anything from les mis but then i did it for three years that's right and so it was just and then i was like i gotta move on right (laughs) <laughs> I, I gotta move on I, I gotta get a there was this whole big uh, this stage in my life right after the show so I I toured with them for about a year and uh, after that I joined the Broadway cast when they revived it in 2014 and was with that for another year and uh, it was my entire life for a huge big very formative part of my life my pre-teens and uh, it was for another year maybe two after that in which it was still every day in my life. I needed wow. to, I, I couldn't, it was just like, cause it had been so routine that I'd sang from the show every morning in the shower. I reenacted scenes in my bedroom that I did on the stage for, for several years. Cause I just wasn't ready to move on from it to a point at which it was unhealthy that my brother sat me down and was like, Hey, listen, really
0: <laughs> really it got to the point where you it got to the point where you had to move on like he, yeah.
1: you had, no literally I had to I had to grow up from it and uh I I think I've I've been able to like it's almost like it was like a tick I've been able to like quell the need to like sing it out loud but I still find myself just like in my head like like in my dreams sometimes
0: what's what's the big song Les Mis what's the one song that everybody oh, the knows the big
1: one everyone knows is One Day More
0: One Day More oh yeah how does that go
1: <laughs> You're making me sing. No. I say another destiny. I want you to know you just opened up the floodgates. And so now I'm going to need like therapy because it's just going <laughs> like, to invade my brain for the next three years.
0: Again. Hey, hey, we met at uh, a con yeah, and I'd seen you at other cons and, you know, uh, you just you just were a highlight. You just have such a great energy <laughs> about you and you just seem like such a good guy with a good head on your shoulders. I don't know that I would have uh, a good head on my shoulders at that age at 19 years old and you starting as young as you did and having so much success as you did I think I'd implode I think my brain would just implode I don't think I was mature enough I still don't think I'm mature enough so I want to I want to go back a little bit to like growing up and 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 you know getting involved in all this stuff and first of all where were you weren't you driving like a shit ton today
1: mm-hmm.
0: where were you driving from
1: yeah. Well, not today. Today I was good. Today I uh, well, I was in Rhode Island because I was at the Rhode Island Comic Con.
0: How was that?
1: It was great. It's such a good show. It always is a really, really good show. Were
0: any of the guys there? The other uh, guys? I was,
1: I was only the, uh, one of the only guys. Uh, I, th- I was the only person from Stranger Things there. You know what it was? It was a really big con for the uh, the Cobra Kai group. Really? Yeah, a lot of them were there. Most of the most of the principal cast happened to be at that con there, which is really great. They're a great group of guys.
0: That shit blew up, didn't it? Do you watch it?
1: Crazy. I, I've i seen the first two seasons. I've, I've been not for lack of like wanting to see the third. I've just, for some reason, like, it's hard for me to like keep up with shows like when there's a big break between seasons and stuff, which is the same thing that's going on with mine, but yeah. um, there's a big break between seasons and uh, anytime it comes out, I just forget to watch. And so, but the minute I would start, the minute I start season three, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tear it apart.
0: Yeah. So why did you drive to Rhode Island Comic Con? Why didn't you fly?
1: Well, I'm in Jersey. And so it was only, it was about a five and a half hour drive. That's an extent. That's a stretch. It was only probably about like five hours. Going up there was rough, but I like driving better when I can.
0: Yeah.
1: It's easier just to put your luggage in the car. (laughs) It's It's true. You don't have to deal with people. Genuinely, it's easier to just, just go, and honestly, my dad starts driving for this one before I did. So when uh, he he got in the car, I could just sleep.
0: So you guys drive fun. together? He drives you?
1: Well, yeah, he's with us. We'll we'll alternate up there. It's always best when he when he's ends up being there. Sometimes my mom comes. My dad's always better at those shows. She'll admit it herself. She's it's not her scene. But uh, I had a whole big group coming with me this time to Rhode Island.
0: Really? All uh, your friends?
1: Whole, yeah, my girlfriend came with me, both my siblings, her, my sister's roommate, her sister, um, uh, my be- uh, my best friend, and my, uh, two of my best friends uh, go to school up in Boston. And so they, uh, they took the trip down to Providence to uh, hang out at the con too for the day. What do they do?
0: And- what do they do while you're at the con? Do they like to experience it with you or do they kind of F off and do their own thing?
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> initially they were really excited to see what it was going to be like with me but the thing is is like it's not too exciting for people just hanging out with me to be by the table because for the majority of the day i'm sitting at the table signing and taking pictures for those waiting in the line so i don't really have time to go and enjoy the con and at rhode island they had this big room down on like an I like It was in a big hockey stadium at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence. And we were on the ice. They had, like, set up everything over top of the ice in the center of the arena and set up all the lines and stuff out there. So it was frigid, first off, but also it was nowhere near the rest of the con. So they did. They just said, they said, fuck this, Um, I'm going and doing fun stuff. They didn't even stay for the con. They went like out to Providence, and like my sister <laughs> went to like bars out in Providence and <laughs> just enjoyed the city. But it was great; it was a good time because that night I was able to go spend time with them. And so you like
0: don't that. get offended if they leave?
1: No, I completely understand it. I wouldn't want them to stay; they'd just be standing there, yeah, doing absolutely nothing. Do
0: you notice how that always happens when you're filming? People are like, "I'm so excited! I want to come on the Stranger Things set!" <laughs> and then they come on, and then they're like, "You're still filming the same fucking scene for five hours straight."
1: Literally. That, but we never get that. I'm never allowed to bring people on set. You're not? At least I don't think. I've been told that it's super under wraps. No one's allowed on set. No one's there. And then sometimes somebody will have someone on set. And it's confusing. Because I'm like, I thought you told me I couldn't. But uh, yeah, no, it's always boring. It's it's just it's monotonous. Right. For sure. For those who aren't doing it. It's great for me. I love doing what I do. I love working on that set, but nobody would want to go and just, it's, it's a long day. It's like a 13 hour day doing the same scene over and over again. Now that you're
0: over 18, they can keep you as long as they want, can't they?
1: As long as they want. And they do it. (laughs) (laughs) They they do it. Yeah. That's their favorite thing in the world. What now tell me about,
0: uh, you know, you grew up in where you weren't not Connecticut.
1: I was born in mystic Connecticut,
0: mystic Connecticut.
1: Yeah, it's a great little town. A lot of people from the New England area probably know where it's at. Go down there a lot. The drawbridge and the and Mystic Village, all that jazz. My mom's from there. My mom's originally from there, but I've lived my I've lived in New Jersey my whole life. Really? Yeah, my dad is from there originally. My dad's from here. I say there. I'm in Jersey now. My dad grew up here and uh, met my mom working in Connecticut. They started their family there, and then and then packed up and, and moved it all down here when I was only about two months old.
0: Always a pretty, you seem like you had come from a pretty happy family, is that is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, absolutely, I think, I mean, absolutely, as, ha- as happy as family can probably be, especially, I mean, look, my parents are divorced, and so, like, uh, I mean, that's not...
0: Like, <laughs> I love how you went from how happy they are and then you're like, they're divorced.
1: They're divorced, first <laughs> off. So, like, that's, like... like <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not special, though. No, like, at this point, who isn't? But, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so they're divorced. But, like, so, of course, there's rough patches. That's with every family. But right now, it's, it's incredible. They're both married to wonderful people. That's And, uh, yeah, so very, very happy family. Big family. My dad's whole family's down here. So my grandparents all three of my aunts, all three of his sisters, and uh, they all have kids, so all my cousins, and we're all within like a five-mile radius. Are of each you other. serious?
0: So you see your family constantly?
1: Constantly. And that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. oh it's a great thing. Uh, yeah, it's an it's an incredible thing. Especially growing up when I was younger, it's an incredible thing. Wow. Especially, because I mean, I have all my cousins there like they're, and they're siblings of mine.
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, I, mean, I, hang, I spend just as much time with them as I do with my siblings.
0: I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So did you know at an early age that you wanted to be a performer? I mean, obviously you started very young.
1: Sure. I don't know if I wanted to be a performer. I certainly was a performer from a very young age. Why is that? I was just a, a riot. There was always <laughs> of... <laughs> That's what my grandfather
0: always used to say to me because yeah. you're a riot. You're <laughs> a riot,
1: Mike. Exactly. Exactly. No, but I just throughout like the entirety of uh my my young years. My sister was always in the music. My mom was a was in the musical theater. Was a performer when she was in high school and college and and uh, and traveled with actually like a church group and went uh, like overseas, like went to like Ukraine. I didn't even know about this until like three weeks ago. Wow. Like she went to Ukraine and Croatia and sang like Christian music for kids. Wow. Out over there for like a, a, a church group. I'm like, when's the last time you went to church? <laughs> you went with like a <laughs> missionary group to go perform. I didn't even know any of this until really recently. So it was in the, it was in the blood early on. To be when did they
0: know you could sing? or or, you know or dance when when was that were you always singing songs throughout you know throughout the day
1: yeah it's a that's actually a funny story i was gonna say i guess i just always had but they i remember them telling me that um this is gonna like make me this is gonna make me seem so young which well you are
0: you're young you're a young guy
1: it's probably gonna make you feel like super old i'm super
0: old so i'm already i'm already (laughs) there i'm already there
1: my first song i ever learned i was so i was like one or two years old in the car was She Will Be Loved by Maroon 5 (laughs) when songs about Jane I am old I'm fucking old we're old if you're
0: listening out there it's an old
1: album it's an old album at this point it's almost 20 years old
0: 20 years old so you were you were listening to Maroon 5
1: Maroon 5 songs about Jane which is still an incredible I love that album but She Will Be Loved and just because of the chorus you know how he goes up on She Will She yeah, yeah, that was my favorite thing for some reason Anytime you went up during the chorus And so I'd do it And apparently I just was able to stay on pitch with them.
0: And they said, wow Look cool. at that
1: Yeah, because my sister sang too My sister sang her whole life when she was younger Growing up But yeah, that was the song And then from there I started going to voice lessons really young uh, With the same teacher that- It was all with my sister Because I just did everything my sister also did She really wanted to perform. She always wanted to sing. She had a drive and a passion for it and always wanted to try. And I just wanted to be like my big sister pretty much. Really? That's where all the, yeah, that's where all the motivation behind it went. I
0: don't mind being, what is it?
1: (laughs) I don't mind spending
0: every every day. day. (laughs) On the corner, right in, on the the corner in the pouring rain them, girl with a smile.
1: Yeah, oh, it's so good. But that was the first song I ever sang.
0: Wow. So what did, did something happen? Did your parents did their ears perk up? Did they think, "Oh, wait a minute, we got a performer so, here?"
1: I guess it was just they just thought it was pretty cute. <laughs> <I laughs> They're like, cute. "That's kind of adorable." That their that their 2-year-old was was singing Maroon 5 before I mean I was I was always singing this stuff. All the shows I used to watch too when I was younger. My mom always made sure music was involved. I mean most kids shows have it, but I was always watching Barney and I was always watching The Wiggles. The
0: Wiggles. And
1: those were all very music heavy shows. Yeah. I'd sing along with them. Sesame Street too, so I'd sing along with them always and so that's where I guess it started.
0: Did, so I, did my
1: first my first concert was The Wiggles. Really? Because that
0: used old. to be a big thing, right? The concerts yeah. used to be a big thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Huge. I'm talking like stadium, like arena tours, the Wiggles would do. And would just be packed. That's unbelievable, like isn't it? Two to six and all of their parents.
0: Just singing the songs.
1: Singing the songs. Choo-choo, chuck a big red car. Wow. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Come on, dude. Isn't See, I bad? remember...
0: I remember shit like Fraggle Rock. And, uh, I have no idea what
1: Let that
0: the music song. play. Worries for another day. Let the music play. Down in Fraggle Rock. <laughs> like, you don't remember dude. Fraggle? Yeah, Fraggles were in the 80s. Oh, no. I have no idea
1: what that you is. You should
0: check out the Fraggles. It was kind of twisted and weird.
1: That's something that I guess I never really learned much about was like old, like 80s kid, like, kid stuff. Like I've always like, because I've been told like the biggest thing we get with the show is did you have to do your homework? If you have to study 80s pop culture, music, movies. And what's your answer? I mean, I, no. <laughs> no. Yes, I already knew all of it. Because my parents, I mean, they like any songs they play in the radio, they'd be playing that stuff. They'd show me the movies that they loved when they were kids. Like I always compare, like people always ask, like, they're they're baffled that we might have an understanding of what the eighties were like. But the people who were in the eighties, they're just they're they love to talk about the fact that they're from the eighties already. So it's, <laughs> that's true. It's not, yeah, they're very proud bunch.
0: What movies do you love from the 80s that you went back and watched and go, wow, this holds up? Did you, I'm, like, I'm sure Back to the Future.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, all the classics, but that's everything. That, those are the movies that, like, define the generation. I want to get down to, like, the nitty-gritty stuff and, like, find, like, really weird niche movies that were, like... I still haven't. Like, I... Like, of course, Back to the Future, Goonies, Stand By Me, E.T. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other good ones. I mean, Neverending Story... That's always great. I mean,
0: ah, especially. the never-ending oh, story.
1: The song, yeah. But that movie is one. Of, it was one of my favorite movies. It, forever. I don't know why it didn't scare the crap out of me because I was a very <laughs> frightened child. <of laughs> very basic things like the yeah. Count from Sesame Street still ah, ah, scares ah, me to this day. How can I count the waves? Don't do it. One,
0: <laughs> two. Dude,
1: I have an irrational fear of the Count from Sesame. Street. Really. Because I had a nightmare about him when I was five.
0: What was the nightmare? Just him
1: creeping out? I remember remember it like it was yesterday. So I was walking through this castle. (laughs) Dark, deep. It was deep. It was damp. It was dark. There was like little torches lining the walls. But for some reason, I was with Elmo. I was with Elmo. Oh, boy. And we were walking through this castle. And he's like, we got to go in this room now. I was like, I don't want to go in that room, Elmo. And he was like, well, there's no way out of this castle. unless you go through there. And so he we went in, and it was almost like a little theater with, this, with like, a curtain where a puppet show would be. Like, the curtains would move, and then you'd see the puppets pop up, and Creepy. then they'd do, like, the puppet show. You know what I'm talking about? Creepy. But there he was. The count just popped up. And he was doing, like, this weird spell, and he was doing his—he was counting his shit and stuff. What was he counting? He was like, I don't know! I was five. <laughs> it was a nightmare I had when I was five, and he just— he like did like a weird spell, and there was mist, <laughs> and there was fog, and then the animatronic from the Build Bear Workshops came out of nowhere and was like oh, chasing. My the God, the I'm still scared of that guy now because of it. And seriously, it was a recurring dream for made. It could have been like a week, but it also could have been like two years of my life. It's like you know, like stuff like from that far, right? That far back, like you bury.
0: Did it, is it because your parents were letting you watch horror movies
1: at five years no, old? Just I ran? Went, no, the Count from Sesame Street is what scared <laughs> me. That's what got me going. Like, that's what really set set me off. But <laughs> <laughs> I do remember, however, watching Jaws for the first time Ooh. from my hallway at like 11 o'clock at night when I was like four or five.
0: Not smart.
1: No, because my parents were watching it. They were doing their movie night. They put us to bed. And they were just going to chill. Uh, and they were watching the movie, and they picked Jaws. And I was like, I had done it a lot. Because, like, the past couple of movies they chose to watch were pretty okay. Like, they I remember they watched E.T. one night, and I just snuck behind uh, in the hallway and just watched the movie from there where they couldn't see me. But Jaws was the movie of choice. And I walk in right as the kid with the raft. Oh, boy. Right as the little boy with Right the raft. when he
0: dies in the... Uh...
1: Right when he gets snatched up. Uh-huh.
0: Remember the, remember the old woman? Uh-huh. You knew that there was a shark, <laughs> and you let them swim anyway. Why? And then she smacks him, I think, in the face.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. Right? She Just smacks him. Smack. I mean, well-deserved.
0: Yeah, well-deserved smacked Roy Scheider's face.
1: Uh-huh. Mm. Should have smacked the mayor. But yeah, I remember that scene like, like no tomorrow, dude. It was the worst, and I, that didn't give me nightmares. I never had a nightmare about that.
0: Just about the count,
1: about
0: you the count. and Elmo trekking through a castle. <laughs> it
1: was so annoying, dude! Oh my god! Because it happened so much to a point in which I would just wake up. I'd go to bed, and be like, "All right." I guess we're gonna have to deal with this stream again. It got to the point of just the team. At five years old. All right. Here we go. Here we go.
0: So what was the first the first gig you got? The first uh, do you remember the first audition for oh, auditioning yeah. for something? What was that?
1: First big audition was for the Lay Tour.
0: The first audition you ever auditioned for was the Layman's Tour.
1: I didn't get it. I did not get it. This is when the tour started. It was the 25th anniversary tour. They announced the tour after the concert that they held. I believe it was at the Royal Albert Hall in England. I'm not sure, though. Like Nick Jonas was Marius and uh, and uh, Alfie Beau, who is uh, a very famous actor, a very famous portrayer of Jean Valjean. Uh, He was playing. He was in it. Norm Lewis. It was my favorite thing to ever watch. It was it was what got me into theater was this concert. But they announced the tour, the American tour, after that concert, and they started holding auditions. I was seven years old, and uh, I got a call in for Gavroche, and I was so I was like, "This is it! This is my big break!" And uh, I didn't get it, and then they called me. Were said, you devastated? I was horrified. Really. Just genuinely crushed. This is before I was able to really understand that rejection in auditions was the commonplace. So you're just crushed. a little
0: boy experiencing it for the first yeah. time and it's something you didn't like. Were you thinking of giving up right then?
1: No. I was just like, I guess maybe I, I must have been, but I just wanted to keep trying. And it was like that show is what kept me is what kept me going. Like I was auditioning for a bunch of stuff. A lot of commercials, a lot of theater. A lot of, like, not a lot of TV and movie stuff, though. It wasn't what I was going for. I didn't have to look for it. I still had a lot of problems with my teeth, had a lisp. I was still, like, it was it was an awkward stage for right. me at, at the time. And TV and film was not about it, I remember.
0: It's just and something so- you didn't think as a child. You knew innately at that young age that there was something maybe odd or something that was going to keep you from doing that stuff, so you, you kind of ran away from it. Is that what you're saying?
1: I didn't run away from it. I I went head first because I was told the first I was told by my parents that that was always going to be a possibility. At that point in my life before I had grown up, they didn't know how severely my condition was going to affect me. They didn't know if I was going to have severe issues with my back or with my spine, with my knees, if it was going to be a real challenge for me. And at that time, they really prepared me for the worst. And like, right
0: and this is called CCD. This is the cladocranial yeah. dysplasia.
1: Exactly, they that's right. right. Thank you for right. perfect pronunciation. Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, it was that condition, and they, they weren't sure how bad it was going to affect me at that point. Up to that point, it looked like it might have been getting ready to to hit me like a truck, Ugh. and uh, so they were just always preparing me for that. and I guess this is something that I didn't realize was messed up until like now. At the time, I was like, I like that they're being honest, I like that they're treating me like an adult, but at the time. It was not something that a seven-year-old should be hearing all the time. But I remember casting directors would constantly tell me, they're like, oh, kid, we love you. But, nah, just get those teeth in. Jesus. And like, they, oh, would, they would so say I, that. I, yeah, they say it. And I, I expressed to them, like, I was also only seven. So a bunch of seven-year-olds already have their teeth in. So I guess they assumed that it might have just been, like, a regular, like, missing te- like, teeth situation, all that jazz. Right, right. Yeah. I always heard them like, uh, get those teeth and I'd explain the condition, and then they'd tell me, well, you're not going to have much luck in this industry then.
0: They would tell you that.
1: Yeah, straight up. And I don't think I ever told my manager or my mom about this stuff because I thought that was commonplace. Like, they'd tell me in the room, and I'd be like, all right, thank you very much. And they'd, they'd be like, how was it? And I'd be like, it was great. Let's go home.
0: Do you think it was because maybe you were hurt or you didn't want to tell them that?
1: I, I, or you just did Maybe it was something I suppressed, but honestly, it was something I was so used to hearing and dealing with like, by myself. I heard it so much; I knew I was so aware of it to a point in which I was maybe numb to the idea of being offended by it. Wow. Weirdly.
0: Weirdly, yeah.
1: I get, I, I think it's helped me more than it hasn't, unless like later down the road, like I'm going to have some weird anxiety awakening. Where, like, no. Crap, I've been suppressing that.
0: But you kept forging ahead. You you forged yeah. ahead, and then what because happened?
1: Of I, I forged it because of lame is. I'm like, I know they're going to call me back because the tour's still going on. They called me back every single time just waiting for me to get taller. That's what they always said. It was like, get taller. Get so taller, how
0: back. how often yeah. would they call you? Every three every, months?
1: Every like three months, like six weeks to three months. Yeah. How I'd tall are you, Gaten? Yeah, they'd call me at every single time, and then I'd do the same thing over and over again. I'd sing the same song that was the song of my choice. I'd sing the material that they'd send me. Uh, and then they'd call me in for the callback. I'd go in for the final callback. I was always in for the final callback. Like I was always down to the wire. And then it always came back to me that, um, that I was too short. And then the final, like I, and in the meantime, I was still working. I got my first job on Broadway in Priscilla queen of the desert. Right. Um, which is a wonderful show. It was a great show to be in at such a young age too. Uh, but at this, I'm still working around this stuff, hoping for Miz above all else. At the same time that this is all going on, so I was I had my Broadway debut in Priscilla Queen of the Desert, which is a great show. Very thankful for it. It's it's a it's a comedy musical. A comedy musical. Ju- it's a comedy drag jukebox musical. Because
0: it was a movie.
1: Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. And they made a jukebox '70s jukebox musical out of it. Wow. And it was a lot of fun. I got to play the lead character's son, who was uh, in a little bit more of the of the musical than he was in the movie.
0: And you fell no, in love. You fell in love with theater.
1: Oh, I, instantly. That was my passion. I remember I'd go out the stage door and sign, and people would ask me, they're like, are you ever thinking about doing film one day? I said, absolutely not. And they said, wow. why? I said, because we have to get it right the first time wow I swear to God, that's that pretty genius crazy.
0: how old are you when you said that eight nine, i
1: was nine years old
0: nine years old you got to get it right the first take <laughs> how brilliant is that
1: right was such a cocky little shit <laughs> <laughs> oh, i remember that was just the worst
0: were you were you popular in school or were you uh kind of a nerd group like you know how because I was uh, I was a kind of like an outcast, not an outcast, but just I didn't belong anywhere. I kind of was the I shortest kid in my school.
1: It's weird. It was a weird dynamic because uh, there weren't a lot of theater kids in elementary school. Like most kids, don't branch off into the theater kid world until they get to uh, like middle school and high school, where there's like like theater programs where you go and like come do the show, and then they're like, I guess I'll try it, and then they're like, Oh, I love this. But bef- I was already a theater kid before that was a thing for kids. Because I was already doing it. I was in elementary school. I was already going. I was listening to show tunes. So, like, what's that? I'm like, it's from a musical. I'm like, what a musical? <laughs> I was like, well, let me tell you. That was my favorite thing. But no, I had a great group of friends. I had a, gr- well, as I, I say, group, I had a great select number of friends who always had my back, who I never felt judged by, people I went to dance class with. That did not continue, by the way. Did not continue
0: dancing. <laughs> Why is like that? Why is that?
1: I was terrible at it. <laughs> it's so bad. But isn't so it
0: yeah, freeing? Then... Isn't it just freeing to dance?
1: No. it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it not. It did not feel like that. No. no. But yeah, no. I had a great group of friends who made me feel accepted. But also, I didn't feel like I had time for that. I felt not that I felt like I was above it. Maybe I did. Maybe I mean I was. I was a cocky little asshole at that point, but. Uh, I, I just felt like it wasn't necessary to worry about it because I was working at the time for so long and I would try to explain it to people. They'd be like, why do you leave school a little bit early? I'm like, I'm going to the city. I do a show up there. I'm like, why? I'm like, I'm, I didn't even think about it myself. They're like, why do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It's fun. That's all I thought. Of. And I was like, it's a job. That's cool. And they're like, no, it's not a job. I was like, yeah, they pay me. And they were like, yeah, but it's not a job. You're nine. You're singing. How is that a job? Exactly. And so I always took great offense to that. I was like, it is a job. <laughs> you don't respect it enough. <laughs> but what was always good is that I had friends who were also doing the shows with me. I had kids who were my age who were going through the same thing.
0: And did you really love doing the show? Because it, there seems to be this this theme. When you're at a young younger age, and I've talked about this before, it seems like you don't care as much. You just kind of do it. You don't get really nervous. You just, you know, and then the older you get, you start thinking about shit. It gets in your head, and you start getting nervous at a later age. That's what happened to me. But, like, yeah. so you were kind of a free spirit back and didn't a, care? How,
1: how old were you when you worked on your first project? I
0: probably, you know, in high school. Uh, it was different. I started when I was, like, 17, like, 16, doing plays. That's and
1: young. That's still young.
0: I was a lot more fearless, though, b- back then, yeah. for sure. I- and you were fearless?
1: That's the thing, is like I didn't comprehend exactly what I was doing, especially going out on a Broadway stage. Everybody's right there, staring right at you, face to face. There's no screen, there's no curtain. It's right there. And people kept telling me to like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I didn't know what they meant. I was like, What do you mean? Yeah, I did this in rehearsal for three weeks. I'm fine. I don't know why. Like the only difference is that now there's people there that's the only difference and I was already so comfortable with that and I ran I there were nerves of course but I remember they weren't the nerves that I have now like back then the nerves were just like I can't wait I can't wait I can't wait let's get out there I'm so excited and I remember like the so we have a guardian uh who works backstage who is there to like watch the kids and she's like works for like uh the union and stuff the equity union making sure that uh kids are being uh treated nicely and all that jazz and you have super like you know, it's like basically a, a babysitter. You make sure that like you uh, go out there on, get out, get right. out there on your cue get in costume. You're being treated correctly, doing your homework, all that jazz. It's a it's a rough job because <laughs> wrangling
0: you bastards,
1: yeah, wrangling little wranglers, child <laughs> wranglers is what child they call them. wranglers. <laughs> that was the actual name until so they ch- <laughs> really. I'm not fucking with you. That's the name. It was child wranglers, and that's the most. And I wish they didn't change it. Because that's the most accurate description of what that guy entailed. Yeah. It was just wrangling this group of theater kids, nine year old theater kids. Boy, they. Oh, man. But I remember I was like so jazzed that I was about to run out there before my kids. was like, give it a second, <laughs> wait. I was like, I just remember going. And then the minute I was out there, I got a big, big cheer which was rare. I got a big, big cheer. and I didn't know why. I mean, it was my Broadway debut, and so they put that in the playbill that uh, I was having my Broadway debut that night, and then it wasn't until after the show I heard that the only people cheering was the, like, hundred people that were just there in my group to see me in the show that night. Wow. Like, there were, like, so many tickets were sold that night just from my family that went out there to go see me in that show. And I knew that, and that's why I, cl- I was not scared. I never performed for them like at the house. So they were like, get up and sing for us. I'd be like, no. But th- them being there was like the hug that I needed.
0: Did they love you? Did they think you were uh, phenomenal?
1: I, I don't know. Maybe. Even if they didn't, they were like, I was I, Even I was if they nine. didn't, they were like, you were great, you're nine, I mean, you're yeah, like, let's go get some you're... ice cream and pizza. <laughs> Seriously, I just i my grandfather was absolutely shitting a break (laughs) Why
0: is is he nervous for you? He was nervous for you.
1: Petrified for me. Like all he would say, he wouldn't say it to me. He never said it to me, but to everyone, he's like, "What if he freezes? What if he get it? What if he gets out there and he just freezes?" And I just remember him like talking about this to me. Like now, he's like, "You couldn't. I could not." He was sweating. Like he changed his (laughs) shirt throughout the show because he was sweating through it because if i had like if i did if i had, like because any nine-year-old could realize the scale of what's going on there yeah and genuinely freeze up and i just didn't i didn't feel the need to did you ever mess up oh all the time
0: but she didn't care i did you did you were hard what on cared yourself? if i
1: messed up because then i wasn't doing my job properly and uh... I, I remember the first oh i remember the first time i ever messed up a line on stage I didn't even mess up a line. I just forgot to say a line. And so another actor on stage covered for me. The actress playing my mom. I remember the line. I was like, But I went to stay up late. They an Australian accent. So I was like, I want to stay up late. And I had an Australian accent when I was nine, too. I can't do it anymore. Wow. It's forever. But I had an Australian accent for the show. And then all she did was like, Look at me. I didn't say my line. And she just said, Do you want to stay up late? That's, the, that's exactly how she recovered it for me. Wow. It was perfect. Really necessary. I went back in my dressing room and I cried for two hours. Are you serious? I, like I cried till the end of the show. It was already like all my stuff had finished. I had one song. I was singing my song. My eyes were puffy from crying. Like earlier before that, I went home on the bus ride home. I cried the whole way.
0: Oh, you were so hard on yourself.
1: I was just like, I'm like, I'm fired. My mom's like, you're not fired. <laughs>
0: So from the kid who was going out, signing autographs saying, I never want to do theater or I never want to do movies. Look what we do on one take that, you know, they don't do it. On-. Then you start to transition. What mm-hmm. was the big transition to that? And what was, how did that come about? Stranger things. That was the first thing you've really auditioned for. That was like a, a, a TV show or a movie.
1: Uh, well, I did one episode of the blacklist on NBC, right? Yeah. It's great. It was a really fun yeah. role. I played a, This uh, brainwashed, uh, brainwashed nine-year-old boy who had been living in a cult, and uh, who had been being raised in like a cult in the woods, who had been cast out. So the gist of the episode was, uh, they had support. There was like this cult. um, The men in the cult would like were required to take three wives, and because it was a small community. There were too many boys to girls. There were more boys than, were there, than there were girls, and so the marriages in which one man would have three wives, it was not going to work out because there weren't enough people. So the gist of the show was this episode. There was a ceremony every year where the oldest son of a family, once they reached the age of twelve, would be celebrated. And like this is like ten, like nine, ten year old kids. They would be like practically like molested. Oof. They would be like, they would feast and then they would strip them naked and throw them out in the woods in the middle of January. that and, and They would die. Assuming that they were going to go out into the woods and they would die and they wouldn't have to worry about them. This anymore. is like your probably, first
0: performance this on TV? This
1: is my first performance. So, uh, but yeah, so they assumed that they would die out there but what happened was one of the boys was able to survive long enough to wait until the other boys went out and were cast out, and he took them under his wing, continued the practices of the cult out in the woods, collecting all the boys that were being cast out until they eventually plotted to go back and kill all of them. And they were successful in doing so. And it's a cool episode, and my character was a nine-year-old potential suicide bomber who drove a van out onto the freeway full of explosives with the button ready to go saying the only cure for corruption is disruption over and over and over again. And that's and like, it was dirty. I was like covered in grime. And it was like a hostage negotiation. Like if I blew, if I hit the button, everybody on the highway was going to be blown to smithereens. And so this really nice lady, like the, one of the lead characters in the show, talked me out of it, reunited me with my mom. And the information I gave them gave them enough to go and infiltrate the cult and stuff like that. And your, and
0: it was and your parents allowed you to do this.
1: Oh, great. It was awesome. because <laughs> All I said was that one line over and over again. I just had to play a crazy kid. It was awesome. Wow. And that was the only TV experience I had before doing Stranger Things.
0: And what was but- a Stranger Things audition? Like, what, do you, I mean, did you even like, your agent just said, you said, hey, there's this, this show that they're doing, Stranger Things. Or how did that come about?
1: Um, it was such a random, basic audition. Just a random,
0: basic audition.
1: It wasn't special. There's this thing, Stranger uh,
0: Things, and they want you to audition for it.
1: It wasn't called Stranger Things. It was called Montauk. It was a show that was called Montauk. It was going to take place on Montauk, Long Island. That was always the goal. It was based off of a real place called Camp Hero. Right. Yeah, it was this, uh, this government facility that was uh, supposedly, it was uh, like a, a radio tower type thing. It was like for co- like communications and radio communications th- for the military. And there were rumors that this, there were a lot of weird, shady government experiments going on. And so they based their show off of that. And it's the same thing. Hawkins Lab is just based off of Camp Hero.
0: And isn't and Camp Hero it, still there?
1: Yeah, it is. You wow. can go see it. You're not allowed in. But you can go up to it, and people have gone underground and have seen and heard some weird, weird shit. Really? Yeah, like animal carcasses scattered around the, like, edge of the facility, but to, like, uh, a, like, alarming extent. Like, tens, dozens and dozens of, like, animals just, like, all scattered around the, like, premises. That is creepy shit. I don't know. Like... Chasms that are full of water at this point. Everything's flooded out. It's on Montauk, so anytime something flooded, they didn't go in there to clean it out because it was an abandoned building. So it's waist high water. People go in and like try and find the facility and see what's in there. But like rumors of strange noises, rumors of uh, like buildings being like like rooms being uncovered that like had like. Like chairs with like straps on them. Why would they have chairs with straps? So it's on no them? wonder
0: why the they made this series based loosely on yeah. this kind of thing. It, it just it makes sense.
1: A, yeah, I took the I took the job thinking it was going to film in Long Island, three <laughs> hours from my house. Uh, it was going to be a mini series. I was going to be in like three or four episodes, and uh, then they I I signed on, and they were like, "So change of plans. It's going to film in North Carolina." And then a month later, they were like, change the plans. It's going to film in Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Were you confident in the audition? Did you know your lines inside out? Did you? No. No. Come on!
1: I know. It's one of the only auditions in which I I had two other ones that week. I was like razzled. My mom wakes me up that morning. She's like, you ready for this tape? We got to go up to the city. I'm like, oh my God, I completely forgot about this one. And so I'm memorizing my lines as I'm going up to the city. I have nothing. I know none of it. And I'm freaking out. But also I was like, ah. I had two this week. I'm like, this This one, I, I mean, maybe it'll be fine. I'll be good. I go up there. I have the sides in my hand, which I always hated doing. And I was literally looking down at the sides as I was forgetting lines. You can see the audition. They released the audition tapes of all the kids for, like, their first tape. And you can see me looking down at my sides because I don't, I don't know my lines. And I have no idea why they – but like they told me to like the minute you sent that tape I and mean, we we needed you in the show, I was like, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life." It was one of the worst auditions I've ever. Isn't known.
0: that something that it's just, it's just you, it's just your personality, it's something about you that they just gravitate towards. When I say you, it's like the Very proverbial true. you, it's like me or or that guy. Or when they walk in, that's the guy. I'm like, but that yeah. guy didn't give a good. It doesn't yeah. matter. That's the guy.
1: It was weird. It was, what was your worst audition? Do you remember?
0: Oh, uh, I auditioned for this thing called The Grey with Liam Neeson. And Ooh. and uh, The Grey, I think it was called, or The Grey Wolf or whatever it was called. But uh, I remember the guy who cast, it cast me in a, a couple of movies, like Pool Hall Junkies and like, uh, he cast me in Urban Legend and some other stuff. And I went in there. I was so bad that I stopped myself. And I said, <laughs> I said, I'm terrible. And he goes, no, 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 it's fine. I go, no, no, I got, I got, I go, John, John Papsadera, great casting director. I say, oh
1: great, you got, yeah.
0: You, I gotta go home. I gotta go home, man. I gotta, I gotta work on this. This is terrible. I didn't work on it. And he goes, hey man, Rosie, I love you. Go on. And I left, but I was, I was dreadful. I couldn't go on. It was just like it wasn't reading. It was. It wasn't like glancing at your lines. It was this. It was, it was like it
1: was, it was.
0: It was just me going eh, blah 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 blah, and occasional eye contact. Just no eye contact at all. Just me reading the lines. I had like it was. It was. Ter- it was a terrible audition.
1: It happens. Oh. So what they
0: do? Did you even get a callback or? Did-
1: oh, I got a callback that I was hella prepared for. I got a callback. I was like, I ain't doing. I ain't messing this up again. I got a callback for this one. They wanted me back. So I was like, all right, I'm putting in everything I got for this one. It was so funny because I was auditioning for Mike originally. I think all the kids. I don't know if you heard that. My whole stomach just went. Brr. I didn't hear it. Oh, got in the mic. Oh, I hope <laughs> it's in the cut. I hope it is, too. Oh, me, too. <laughs> I'll, I'll was, raise
0: like, the volume
1: on it. It was literally, it was like an internal fart. Like, you didn't <laughs> let a fart out, and it just went back up. It was By weird. the way, can you
0: armpit fart? You know,
1: no. Oh, my I'm God. I'm a genius with
0: start. it. I'm a genius.
1: It now. I mean, I there you go my brother can leg fart
0: oh i could leg fart too but they're not as long they're like
1: yeah yeah no it's a little like like squirts yeah do
0: you know that people are listening right now saying gaten is way more mature than rosenbaum <laughs> rosenbaum's armpit farting and he's interviewing interviewing a 19 year old uh-huh. He's been upstaged completely.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> um, what, what was I talking about?
0: You were I mean, saying I, you I, got the call back and you were hella prepared and you just, you killed it.
1: Uh, no, I didn't say I killed it. I was prepared, though. Right. And it was funny. I was auditioning for Mike originally. Right. That was, um. most kids were, I think, probably at that point. It was either Mike or Will. Dustin really hadn't been written all that much. The whole, like, uh, I remember in the dummy sides, Lucas, his big shtick was that he was, like, obsessed with going out with Nancy. Like, Mike's older sister. Right. I remember, like, that Either it was Dustin or Lucas, but I remember, uh, like, Lucas had this biggest crush on Nancy, and that was, like, the driving force behind the dummy sides. I know they never really wanted to go with it, but they just needed, like, audition material. Right. And uh, I remember after I went in for the callback, that I was up for Mike or Lucas or Dustin, or it was like some weird, like lost in translation like type stuff. But for some reason, I thought that I was going in for Lucas. Really? I had the sides for Lucas. They did the scene from Stand By Me where um, Corey Feldman's character, he's, I'm going to rip your head off and shit down your neck. He's at the, he's at the fence and he's screaming at the guy uh, in the junkyard. That was the Lucas sides that they picked. Wow. And uh, we did that scene and I was, uh, yeah, I was so ready to play that part. I'm like, he's, he's, he's serious and he's, he's got an edge to him and he's, he's committed and he's like ruthless. He's like really cool, tough guy character. And, uh, and then they were like, <laughs> and then they called me back and they were like, no, 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 uh, sorry, we want you for Dustin. And like, I remember we were like pissed about it. We were like, oh man. Really? We, we thought we didn't think it was a big part. We heard it was a We thought it was like a recurring guest character uh, that he wasn't going to be in much, that he was a pretty fun character to play, but wasn't like pivotal to the story or anything. And they're like, no, yeah, you're coming in for Dustin. So then they had the final callback, had me read for Dustin in LA after they
0: Did you like, meet with other actors? Did you mix and match?
1: A little, like a very small amount. This happened in LA. Right. I was only by myself for the first, for the first two, uh, auditions. I remember. And, um, I went to LA and I met Finn and we were in the same, we were in the room together. We were in like the waiting room and his leg is bouncing and I'm biting my nails. And, but the thing is, especially when you're younger, we might've been going over the same part. We weren't, but like, we could have been. And I just remember, he talks about it a lot. Like I just remember I walked in, I was like, hi. And he just looked at me he was like, hey. And I was like, what's your name? And it just started from there. Like, we just started talking and laughing. And I was like, you're from Canada? That's crazy. <laughs> I, I thought it was the craziest thing in the fucking world. And he was from Canada. I'm like, oh, this is a real project. They're flying people in from out of the country. He's from Vancouver. It's <laughs> a two-hour flight from LA. It's a two-hour flight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. This <laughs> is awesome. This is legit. I was incredible. So stupid. But... I just remember it was an in, in immediate connection with him and we established a rapport there right before they called us in for um, the audition in, in that room. And I remember it went really, really great because we were in there and we talked with them for a bit, just like about kid shit about video games or movies or music. Finn was always such a big movie buff. was always into the classics was always like asking like what camera they were using to film the audition
0: Oh, my gosh. Really?
1: Always has been and still is. It's still so like that's what I, I love watching Finn on set because he's always so invested in everything that's going around, not just in what he's doing, which is always incredible, but of like how the set is running and like what the directors are doing, what the DPs are doing, what cameras they have that year. I know so much of like camera lingo solely because of talking with Finn.
0: So he's really interested. He's probably going to be a writer-director when he gets older. He's
1: going to be an absolutely incredible director.
0: You could just tell. I just know. Because he's, he's aware. Impressive. A lot of actors yeah. aren't aware when they're on set. Like you said, he's aware of all the things that are going on. I, yeah. I remember when I was on set, just... Every day I was like, you know, I could come here and I could just learn my lines and hit my mark and do my job. Or I could pay attention and learn and learn about this craft and learn mm-hmm. about all the things that go on in filmmaking. And it was like a crash course. It was like, yeah. you know, just years and years of learning uh, how it works just by being on set and paying attention.
1: He's, he's always been very aware of that. He's always been very aware of going in and understanding this is not just something where I can expand my ability on the camera, which is already exceptional, uh, which he's already just, just great. Uh, but he goes in understanding that this is an incredible learning experience, an incredible opportunity to know so much more than you might've potentially known when going into direct your first project. Yeah. When to shoot your first project.
0: Yeah. When you, Hey, when you first saw stranger things, cause like there's one thing you get on set, you get cast, you're like, holy shit, this is great. I'm doing it. You're acting. When you first saw it, though, when mm. you first saw the first episode of Stranger Things, what was that experience like? Because I the, qu- yeah.
1: Ooh. I just love this. I love this. We watched all of us, all the kids. It was me and Caleb, a uh, million Noah. It was before Sadie joined the cast. She didn't join until season two, which sucks. Uh, i mean like. like it's incredible it's like as if she's always been there from from day one but all i can think is like oh my god it would have been so great if the if the gang was complete for that first initial go for it right. but uh because it didn't it always felt great but it didn't feel complete it didn't feel complete until we until uh until Sadie joined and i was like cool this is our group this is the group this is what we needed that's wow. always that's always what it felt like to me but anyway we were. Uh, we went to this on stage Screen Gems in uh in Georgia. We uh it was this back little room. Oh somebody's screaming downstairs. That's I don't know right. what that is. <laughs> I'm like, um, oh, probably a dog or something. Um there's this back room where um they now hold all the costumes for the uh, for background actors. All the costumes in, the, in in the back that are gonna be like trying on for like for all the background work and stuff it's all it's really cool but back it was an empty little space empty little room and that uh, they brought this rinky dink little TV out there with a with like a burn, like with like a, just a regular DVD and a DVD player that had a rough cut of the first episode of the show right A lot of the editing hadn't been finished at all right a lot of it was still there were still like shots in which you could still see the green screen it wasn't even edited out and stuff like that but they had music put together. A rough cut of the music they had it was just a rough draft of what the show was going to look like but even they put so much work into that and all of us were in it all the cast the crew everybody was there on that day which granted was pretty small at the time and we just sat down and we we watched it and i just still remember every single moment of it to this day blown it was away still, it was six years ago blown away six years ago at this point absolutely blown away this is like this is something that like we've contributed to. That's what was so great being so young at the time. It was just going to school and filming, and going to school and filming all at the same time every single day. It was routine. We were spending so much time with each other, the same kids every single day. So of course we fought, and of course we were. Would... Oh man, someone's laughing.
0: <laughs> I don't but, hear like, it. I don't uh, hear
1: it. You don't even hear it. I don't. Um, I do. my. I think it's my stepmom laughing <laughs> on the TV or something. I don't even know. But um yeah we like so we'd like fight every now and again and it was getting to a point in which like we were already was like we've been doing this for like seven months let's wrap this shit (laughs) let's go home like it was like because we hadn't seen it we hadn't seen what we were doing right we were doing it and we hadn't gotten any bit of like assurance that this was gonna be great we kept getting told enjoy while it lasts because it's probably not gonna get a season two and uh we just watched it and just knew we were like okay we're in good hands we're safe that's this is awesome. worthwhile. that's awesome
0: worthwhile. hey this is called uh shit talking with gayton oh i love it these are my patrons my lovable patrons who give back a little more to the podcast
1: amazing but they're high patrons
0: yeah they're amazing and they they love you and there's some questions and just rapid fire Great, little lisa love dustin and steve's uh, friendship what's your favorite scene between you and joe carey
1: Uh, train tracks season two Farrah Fawcett hairspray scene where he tells me what his secret to his hair is because it's the one scene in which two characters the first scene I think in the show where two characters who have nothing in common finally find something in common with each other and realize themselves how arrogant they were being they didn't like each other at all solely because of the superficial idea of hanging out with the nerd and also hanging out with the jock and then they have something in common and it brings them together in a way that they never thought it would and it it was like a beautiful budding little flower of something very very fun
0: i love it rosie when you sang the never ending story theme song did you see the movie before that i know you did
1: indeed indeed i did
0: did you know all the words to it already
1: no i didn't remember the song <clears throat> what are the first words to the song,
0: song. what does it go again
1: turn around ryan Ooh,
0: yeah. Ryan's okay, right in. here, and Ryan has not missed one episode. He's my engineer. You can't see him. Say hello, Ryan. Oh, hey, Kane. What's up?
1: How are you doing? It? I'm good, man. This is great. Yeah, he he, he <laughs> loves, loves it. it.
0: He loves you. He loves the uh, the show. And uh, I mean, who doesn't cool. love the show? Uh, you. So you you had seen the movie. That was your answer, of course. You had seen the yeah. movie before you sang it. Uh, how much? And you recorded it in a studio, right? You recorded the song in a studio. You
1: recorded the song. No, we sang it live.
0: You sang it live to a track, or...?
1: No, I think it was a cappella.
0: Did you have we time to, to learn it? Quick. How long did you have to learn that?
1: So, it was super quick. So, Gabby, who plays Susie, she's incredible. She's one of my favorite people to ever exist. And I hope she hears me say that. Um, she's the best, seriously. And she's a Broadway kid as well. She was uh, in a very great she show called sing. Fun Home. An incredible role in an incredible show called Fun Home. Genius musical incredible uh, but anyways so she sings and being our extra little theater bitch, was like we we made a number out of this we knew what we needed to sing we weren't going to sing harmonies or anything and then we were doing it and I forget if I had the harmony track or she did but I think we are like one of us want to take the harmony track we are like yeah I'm like lower or higher she's like lower and then we're like all right and so we just did it and then we made a whole number out of this thing we show up on set to do her side first in her bedroom where she's singing the song and I was off camera reading for her and singing the song with her. And um, and they were like, guys, it's great. Tot it down a 10. <laughs> They're like, this is a literal number. They're like, you, you remember. They're like, in this, you haven't done Broadway shows, so you have to You have to it back. We were pissing our pants, I remember. Oh my so, god. god. And that's where the prep was. Like, she had the hard work because she, they filmed her stuff first. Right. And then they filmed all of my stuff later that night when the sun went down out on a random field and hill right. on the lot. And they put blue screens up around the parking lot area so you couldn't see it. And we were, like, sitting up on, like, the grass, and she was standing there, too, and she sang with me on my end. I don't know if there was a track. I don't think there was. I think we just kept a cappella and just made sure we remembered the Jeez. tempo. I love. It was It was great. All right, yeah, We're, even a recording for the for the album. That's that's just our live recording from the show.
0: It sounds great. Thank uh, you, uh, Kelly. S. Rapid fire. Here we go. How is it working with Robert Englund in the new season of Stranger Things? Oh,
1: Robert's great.
0: He is great. I did Urban Legend with him, and I, he's just an. Oh, he's well, an icon.
1: Oh, very very cool.
0: He's an icon. He's an icon.
1: Very very cool. Robert's great. The fact that we got him is awesome.
0: Uh, Michelle K. Any pranks from behind the scenes of Stranger Things, and who's responsible for those?
1: Yeah, I remember there was this one prank. It's not my prank. Uh, it's is it funny now? I don't know if it's funny now. It might be less funny now. It's pretty messed up. But I remember there was a uh, there was one of our crew members who worked in costumes who was getting married very very soon. This might be season one or two, and um, she's so excited. Of course, she's about to be married. It's incredible. And uh, Noah and Millie decided to prank call her, and uh, prank called Noah prank called her as the. Brian, the uh, manager of the venue that her wedding was, telling her that there was uh, a construction issue at the venue and they were going to have to cancel the reservation for her wedding. This is like two weeks out of her wedding. So she's and
0: freaking out.
1: She's crying. She's freaking out. I mean, and if they, you're gonna prank someone, you got to prank other people in the cast. You can't whoa. prank the co- guy. <laughs> this is no, literally, this is so. And they remember like, so Noah can't see it. He's just on the phone on one end, and Millie's in the room, and she's like, goes and she goes, could it, could it, could <laughs> so, And I was like, I don't know. I think, I think she took it well. I think afterwards she took it well. Maybe not for like the first day or two. Oh my but gosh. Now you think it well, but I remember that, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> so maybe no more pranks on set.
0: Uh, Maya P., what are the best and worst things? Good question. Best and worst things about growing up in the public eye.
1: Uh, best thing is that I, I now, I think I have a, a general awareness of what should be pretty acceptable behavior for somebody my age. You know what I mean? Like, there's a, it's an age where you can make mistakes and should make mistakes, but at least I have a bit of consciousness as to knowing that my actions are going to affect other people everybody this is the case for everybody but in my case it's pretty immediate if i were to do something it would definitely affect those and everybody would know about it yeah so it definitely keeps me grounded but worst part there's a lack of anonymity there's a lack of a little bit of fun there i think especially being really young you want to be able to do dumb stupid teenage shit and uh deal with it by having your parents ground you rather than have to deal with it with people making a headline that you're just like washed up or something
0: i feel like that with cell phones and shit too just like in general it's like we you know we didn't i didn't grow up with cell phones so we were able to just do what we wanted and nobody could see and
1: you know yeah. nowadays
0: everybody's got a phone so if i'm gonna get up there and act like a jackass everybody's gonna know about
1: it everybody can just record it and i, I am, am a jackass <laughs> i am a yeah, jackass back then it was just stories like back then you just hear it's like i remember i was at a bar and like i don't know who I don't know, like Rob Lowe was there and he was trash or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> right. Like, right. Now it's like, don't know if that's true. We have a video of
0: it. <laughs> um, Hey, you know, I saw in an interview that, you know, talking about anonymity, but something cool is that, is it true that a bunch of your family and friends started to work at a restaurant and then you were, you got a job at the restaurant while filming stranger <laughs> oh, things and it you did, did it, tell us why you did it. Cause I know you were playing, the story is like you were playing Mario Kart yeah, and they were all- the Fallon they, interview, yeah. Yeah, so in the Fallon interview, but I loved it because they were off, to, you know, working and you were just by yourself playing Mario Kart over and over and over to the point where you mastered Mario Kart.
1: Yeah, too. I'm so good at Mario Kart game. <laughs> I'm so good at Mario Kart. And nobody plays Mario Kart anymore. Like, it's not like it's like a popular game. It's not like <laughs> Smash Brothers. Right. Like everybody like who's my age, like is really good at like Smash Brothers and the like tournaments we have in school, but I was always really good at Mario Kart. But no, it was just this restaurant that was uh, nearby where I lived and a lot of my friends happened to work there. I w- attended the restaurant quite frequently because my friends worked there and this was, during, this was during the pandemic and it was an outdoor seating restaurant. So it was open and um, it was the only thing that I saw that was going to make me not sit on my ass all summer. Because from at that point, from March up until June, I was I was quarantined. I right. was inside. It was like during the whole. It was during the Z social distancing. Do not leave your house phase. Uh, like before anybody was getting back into work. before right. Anybody doing anything. What are you getting
0: paid at this restaurant?
1: It was I was getting a food runner. So what, like seven twenty-five.
0: Seven twenty-five an hour, and mm-hmm. you're and, you're. tips. And you're bringing food. You're bringing food to tables, right? You got a I mask on. Run.
1: Yeah, so I had like a, like, you know, the pullover sleeve mask? Yep. Yeah, I had one of those and a cap. I still have long hair at this point. So I tucked in all the hair into my hat and covered it and put the sleeve over the mask. So the only thing that you saw was my <laughs> eyes. And I double masked. So I had a mask underneath. I had like a regular, like, surgical, like, two surgical masks underneath and then the sleeve mask on top. Because I still wanted to be conscious about it. I was right. a lot, I'm not t- like, I come from a really, really, uh, uh, small town in Jersey, super super conservative, but and super like at this point, really really, uh, I guess lax is the nicest word I can say about right. the situation going on. But super anti-vax area, yeah. So even back then, they were like like anytime there was a restaurant that was open, people would just go just to make a point of it. Like I'm not socially distancing, I'm going to be cool uh, and rebellious. So yeah. I didn't like to feed into that. So I made sure that I was still very cautious about it. So I really did mask up, and it helped disguise me a little bit.
0: But did they still recognize you just from the eyes?
1: 100%. People have told me that. They said, like, they're like, I saw you. I was like, cool. And they're like, it was the eyes. I'm like, I'm going to go cry in the bathroom. I feel weirdly attacked and violated that. Dude, I saw you. Imagine any person. It could be my brother. It could be my girlfriend. And, like, it's just the eyes. I saw And, like, you. when you walk up and like, I know it's you. I just recognize your eyes. I'm like, that's Creepy. the scariest thing. I've never met you in my life. <laughs> scariest thing anyone's ever said to me.
0: Hey, do you think this is the, uh, do you think this could be the last season of Stranger Things? Have they told you anything? Or do you think it could be? You're it hoping it's not?
1: I, it would be dumb if it was. It would be dumb if it was the last season. It's probably, it's for, like, they're not, a, they, they can't say whether or not there's going to be a five until season four is released. Right. And then they'll know based on ratings, based on how it does, if they're going to want a five, it's going to do well. Like, even if it's not, like, even if it's not a good season, I think it is, even if it's not a good season, it's still going to do well because people have been waiting for it for so so long and, it's, and our fan base is just incredible.
0: Are you excited? Are you excited about the next season?
1: Oh, Yeah. Oh my gosh! Do you I'm love being
0: on set. You love being on set. You love acting uh, with these guys.
1: I didn't realize how much I took it for granted until season four, though, because of COVID and everything. We started production March, I think March eighth or something, and then closed down March sixteenth. We had like a, like a week of filming before it shut down for a two week hiatus, which ended up being six months, and um, it was it was we were devastated. But it was I, we got back in September and I was like, oh my gosh, this almost got like taken away for good. And wow. before at the time, which I was just like, oh, back to another season. And that's what I took. I was like, not only was I taking it for granted the experience, but I was taking the the learning experience and the job and and the love of the crafts. I wasn't taking it seriously as much as I could have. And so that I think the season is the one where like a lot of us maybe, but I just felt like it's really where I, I genuinely tried. Every single day. Every right. time I walked in, I was like, this is going to be a good day because I'm going to make it one. That's great. It felt really great. Yeah. And that's why I'm really stoked for the season. I feel like everybody was just putting every bit of their heart and soul into it because maybe that was – it was clear to us that that might not have been normal anymore or commonplace. Right.
0: Is there – lastly – are there any like little love connections on set? Has there ever been? A- <laughs> are there anything like people dating or people flirting or people? Are- or you guys just keep that to yourself?
1: Not for me. I mean, I've been in a wonderful relationship with my girlfriend for almost four years. Wow! She here, yeah, it's great. She's incredible.
0: You've been in a longer <laughs> relationship than me, and you're 19. <laughs> That's amazing. But on set, other people, there might, there might be something.
1: I don't know. I mean, and uh, if it's true and nobody tells me. I mean, Charlie and Natalia have been dating for probably, like, four or five years at this point. Wow. Yeah. I think they've been seeing each other since season one, but we're pretty private about it until, uh, until like, maybe a little bit after. It's hard to hide it. Like, they couldn't go out and, like, be, like, go on dates in public without people being like, oh, Jonathan and Nancy really dating in real life? Like, the headlines about it. So eventually <laughs> it was hard to keep it a secret, I think. But they've been together for quite some time.
0: How cool is Winona Ryder?
1: We know the thebomb.com. Genuinely one of the sweetest ladies I've ever gotten to know.
0: Really? She's great. Just a sweetheart.
1: She's really, genuinely, she's great.
0: And, and you know, David Har- 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 Harbor?
1: Yeah, David he, Harbor. He, yeah. he just
0: seems like the coolest guy. He just seems like he's the-
1: awesome. I love working with David. There's never been a person who who drives me to impress as much as David does. Really? I've worked around a, a group of people. It's Sean Levy, too, who's uh, who directs. Uh, episodes three and four of all of our seasons and is an executive producer on our show. Uh, he, 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 I mean, what have you known that he's uh, directed? Um, you see the movie Free Guy that came out? with?
0: I didn't see that.
1: You directed that. He directed Night at the Museum.
0: Oh, yeah. He
1: directed, he's He's been working for so long. He has such an energy and a drive, but, like, he just drives me to just always feel like, I'm like, I really want to impress this person. I want to, like, not impressed, but say more like this person drives me to be the best version of myself on the set that I can because they take what they do so seriously. Yeah. Like David is well like David is always just so into it and ready and committed and understands everything he needs to do. I mean, maybe he doesn't feel the same way, but whenever I see it, I just know like it just looks like he's always giving his all and is is ready to do the best he can yeah. no matter what he's doing. Do and you... there's that. It's not intimidating. It's just like all right, let's do it.
0: Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you want to continue doing movies and TV and stage and just do all of it? Are you, do you want to get back to the theater or what, what are you excited I want to
1: about? Get back into the theater. I really want to get back into the theater. Cause it's, I haven't done the theater. I haven't really like done a long run, uh, in a show. Uh, it doesn't even have to be on Broadway. I'd love to do work off Broadway. I'd love to do workshop theater. I'd love to do experimental theater. Um, but I've never done a long run since my voice changed. Right. It's been a bit. Well, you're getting older. This is good. I'm, exactly. I'm, real, I'm, look, I'm excited to try out new things. And also, uh, now would be the first time I do a show in which there's no child labor laws that are going to be like, uh, there's <laughs> no like child wranglers.
0: <laughs> no child wranglers.
1: No, no child wranglers. Those anymore.
0: wranglers are gone. Those <laughs> days are old. Uh, (laughs) this has been a a real treat for me. I, I, you know, I met you at a con and I was like, this dude is just so cool. I think he'd be a great guest. And I I was right about it. You were, you were a fantastic guest today. I mean, I think people are going to love this.
1: I'm just glad I got to be a part of it. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah. This is just wonderful. I really, really enjoyed it. I I wish you continued success. You're a great guy. And, uh, I'll see you at the next con or I'll see you somewhere. I'll text you and say hello.
1: Do it. No, seriously, I'm I'm doing a, a lot of the cons. Uh, I'm getting back into them now that uh, they're they're open after the restrictions are lifted from the pandemic and stuff. So I'll see you very very soon. I know.
0: Yes, indeed. All right, give my love to the family downstairs screaming. Go listen to some Grateful <laughs> Dead, some Moody Blues.
1: Okay, now I will. All right. Now I will. Now people know I'm opposing.
0: <laughs> All right, Gaten. Thanks so much, man.
1: Thank you so much, Michael.
0: See you, brother. Bye. Uh, there you go. Gaten Matarazzo. I hope you had a lot of fun with it. Again, if you really enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the podcast. Listen to it. Spread the word with your friends and follow us on our handles. Ryan, what are those? At Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That is correct. Uh, We appreciate you listening and, and hopefully you got something from it. Hopefully you're like, hey, you know, that didn't suck. Um, thank you for spending the day with us. You're an hour. It's just an hour, but again, there's so many podcasts out there. So it's like, you know, you just hope that people tune in and they continue to tune in. That's all you can do is do your best. You know, (laughs) what was cool was hearing Judd Apatow say how he listens to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Oh, you're Jimmy Connors episode and the Kevin Nealon episode. I'm like, Oh my God, you listen to the podcast. (laughs) That made me really happy. I was like, Oh, somebody I really respect and uh, adore. So that was pretty cool. Uh, if you want any Inside of You on uh, any Inside of You merch or Smallville merch signed, go to the Inside of You online store. There's Smallville lunch boxes. There's uh, autographed autographed pictures of me, of Lex, of Inside of You mugs, of tumblers. There's so many really cool things there. Also, go to sunspin.com and get tickets to see my band Sunspin. Uh, March 5th at 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. two shows. Um, you know, you can, you know, you can win zooms, there's the prizes, there's all sorts of stuff. You can also go to stageit.com and type in sunspin, but pr- please join us. I think you'll have a great time. Everybody who comes to the show is surprised about, uh, by how much fun they have. They actually enjoy themselves and we respond. We see your messages on the screen and we're like, Oh, look, it's TTR 467 What's up, man. Thanks for being here. And, uh, all that stuff. And you can go to sunspin.com if you want to buy any, uh, get any zooms with me um i'm on cameo patreon if you want to join patreon the lovely patreon it's patreon.com slash inside of you uh if you know my patron saves the show the patrons they what would i do without the patrons you get you know they get to ask questions to the guests they get there's different tiers so check it out if you want to support the podcast good questions patrons just by the way Really, they—they they really had like the last few, like this last week. We did a few interviews, and yeah, they, they're really coming in hot. They really know their stuff. In fact, sometimes I use their questions as part of my questions <laughs> before I read their questions. We well, just have to credit them now. I have to credit them. Yeah. They're very smart, very yeah. intuitive, very knowledgeable, and they do their homework. They do, you know. And so that's nice. So thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Right now, one of the uh, perks of being a top tier. Um, patron, P-A-T-R-O-N, mm-hmm. is that you get your name read off. And these are supporters. These are the top supporters of the podcast. I'm going to read them off. I think Ryan knows most of them. Let's see. Nancy. D. Leah. S. Sarah. V. Little. Lisa. Yukiko. Jill E. Brian. H. Nico. P. Robert. Uh, <laughs> Robert. B. Correct. Jason. W. Kristen K. Amelia. O. Allison. L. Raj. C. Joshua. D. C. J. P. Jennifer. N. Stacy. L. Chen. R. N. P. S. S. S Jamal. F. Janelle. P. What? B. Correct. That's B. what I said. Roger. I said. S. Kimberly. E. Mike. E. Eldon. Supremo. Ninety-nine. More. Ra. Mira. Santiago. M. Chad. D. W. Correct. Leanne P, Janine R, Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda N, Chris H, Dave H, Spider-Man. Chase. Sheila. G. Brad. T. Ray. A. Tat. What? H. Correct. Tabitha. T. What happened to Tabitha 262? 273? 273, not to be confused. <laughs> She's no longer with us, but I mean, a little shout out to her. All right. Uh Tom N, Liliana A, Michelle K, Talia M, Betsy D, Chad L, Rochelle, Marion, Meg K, Dan N, Angel m Rhiannon. uh c Corey. k super (sighs) uh sam coleman g dev nexon michelle a jeremy c cody r gav vanader correct david c john b brandy d uh four camille s the c correct joey pants Joey M, Willie F, Christina E, Adelaide N, Omar I, Lena N, Eugene and Leah, Chris P, Nikki G, Corey, Patricia, Heather L, Jake B, Bobbitt, Ed A. Ed A. Ed A. A. Abol F. Uh Abol F. Joshua B, Tony G, Sean R, and Megan T. These are the top tiers. These are the people that give back, the patrons that really give back to the show and keep us afloat and i i couldn't do the show without them so thank you for all your support and love and um we just keep doing this i think we're over we're over 200 episodes now i hope to do 200 more and that's up to you so if you're listening continue to listen and get other people to listen to it um from myself michael rosenbaum in the hollywood hills of california Right from the hollywood hills of california <laughs> Give a little wave to the camera. Bye. We love you guys. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you. And you know what? Just be good to yourselves. Be good to yourselves. Thanks for listening. And uh be grateful, man. We're all here. We're alive. Let's uh let's keep that going. I'll talk to you.